Consider the clothes that our Savior wears. The first clothes in human history were made by the first Adam. You remember the story, don't you? We heard the tail end of it. You remember how he wrapped himself and his wife up in the leaves of the garden. We're not told which kind of leaves. I think usually we fill in the blanks, don't we? And we say something like fig leaves, right? But Genesis doesn't tell us what exact type of tree they took the leaves from. For my part, I imagine that they would have taken the very first leaves that they saw after they ate from that dreaded tree. I would imagine that they wrapped themselves up in the very same leaves of the tree that they had just eaten from to cover what they judged to be, well, a deficiency. The first clothing that was ever made, the first clothing that humans wore was meant to hide, to shield from the Lord God. And so Adam and Eve made themselves strange armor, didn't they? Armor made of leaves. Now the last Adam gets himself wrapped up too. And by last Adam, I mean Jesus. You know, that's why we have an elephant up here. I don't actually suppose that, you know, the wise, it's possible, right? It's possible that the wise men had an elephant to carry all the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh. But even if they didn't, the point that this little piece of art proves to us is that Jesus is the greater Adam. And so just like Adam in the Garden of Eden was surrounded by animals, I think Jesus, I think we don't have enough animals up here, right? You kids take note. Next year, you bring all your little critters. You bring them all. We'll have a menagerie in here because Jesus is the king of the beasts. But that's not really the point tonight. Tonight, I want you to consider his clothes, The first Adam covered in leaves, and now this last Adam, this greatest of all Adams, wrapped up to, covered in cloth, swaddling cloth, Scripture says. But his clothing is not really there to hide him, is it? Oh yes, it's there to keep the little baby warm, to keep him secure, but he's not trying to hide at all. His clothing is not armor meant to shield him or to protect him from anyone. His clothing, his clothing is meant to be seen. Those clothes, unlike Adam's clothes, are meant to draw our attention. Jesus isn't hiding from anyone there. What did the angels say to the the shepherds? Here's the sign. Here's exactly what to look for. You're going to find a baby wrapped up in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So you see, don't you? The first Adam wrapped in leaves, the last Adam wrapped in cloth, the first Adam hidden among the trees of the garden, the last Adam revealed in the wood of the manger. It's a strange sign, isn't it? I've worn a few strange pieces of clothing in my day. I thought they were cool. You know, I was a kid once, too. It's not wrong to be a kid, right? It's wrong to stay a kid, but we all have to go through these phases of our lives. So I've worn some strange clothes, but this is a really odd sign. We have a saying, don't we, that clothes make the man. Well, what kind of a man do we see here? We have a saying that you should dress to impress, right? And we have this idea, and it's a good one, that what we wear communicates something of who we are. That's why kids wear weird clothes, because they're weird. It's the whole point of a uniform, 
right? The police officer comes to you clothed in the authority of the state. The pastor stands before you robed in the authority of the Lord. And even outside of uniforms, we all do this to some degree. We make a statement with the clothing that we wear. We want to be seen a certain way, to be preserved a certain way, to be known a certain way, and so we wear certain clothes. Who told you? that you were naked, the Lord said in the garden. And the answer that Adam should have given is, well, no one told me, Lord. I saw it for myself. Adam and Eve made that first clothing out of trees when their eyes were opened after they ate from the tree. Suddenly, they became judges, and they said, you know, God doesn't have good fashion sense. We need to do something about this. They became judges there in the garden, but not very good ones, were they? What their creator had said was good, what he deemed very good, what he judged, they now saw as bad. Maybe they even said very bad. Now, let's be clear, right? Don't take this sermon the wrong way and go home and say, well, pastor said clothes are bad, so better get rid of all the clothes. That'd be a strange application of Holy Scripture, wouldn't it? Clothing is not bad. After all, we know that God clothed Adam in something better than leaves. He gave them better garments. He gave the first Adam and Eve animal skins in place of their self-made leafy suits. And for my money, I would wager that the plan all along was for Adam and Eve to be robed. See, they weren't made in some kind of static position. God didn't set up Adam and Eve like we do with our Christmas decorations. Now, don't move. Nobody touch anything. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. Have dominion, the Lord God said. And part of that dominion surely would have included glorious robes. After all, the Lord is robed in light, Scripture says, and so I'm sure that his images would have received their own glory robes in time. But they didn't want to wait. Do you know the feeling? They couldn't be patient. Do you know the feeling? They didn't want to trust the Lord God. They wanted to take it all for themselves. And so rather than letting the Lord God clothe them in his good time, They appeared before their maker, covered in what they made for themselves. And the clothes that Adam and Eve wore certainly told a story, didn't they? Those clothes, those leafy garments, certainly made a statement to the Lord God. We've decided, God, that we needed something that you didn't give us, so we made it for ourselves. We've improved on your deficiency. The last Adam comes with clothing that tells a very different story. Those shepherds are given this identifying sign. Look for this kid. Look for the baby who's wrapped up in swaddling cloths and lying in the manger. He is the one you want. He is the Christ. He is the Savior. His birth is the gospel, the good news, which shall be for all the people. He is the king who will accomplish all that the first Adam failed to do. Now just Picture that, right? Put yourself in the shoes of those shepherds. Here you are keeping watch over your flock by night and suddenly the sky is on fire, right? Suddenly here's this multitude of the heavenly host praising God and then they tell you, go and look for a kid wearing swaddling cloths. Okay, if you say so, guys. What did they see when they looked at the clothing of the little Lord Jesus? 
A strange uniform, don't you think? A strange uniform for a king. A strange way for our Lord Jesus to come into this world and make a big statement. Now, Caesar Augustus, Caesar Augustus, there was a man with style. Caesar Augustus, who styled himself the emperor of the world, would never be seen in swaddling cloths. In fact, when Caesar Augustus had his statues made, he made sure that attention was paid to the clothing that was displayed on him. There's a famous statue that's been discovered. It's called the Caesar of Prima Porta, which means Caesar of the First Gate. And Caesar Augustus knew that the clothes that he would appear in would convey a story, and he wanted to be sure that the people of his empire got the right story. So in his statue, he can be seen wearing the Lorica Musculata, which you all know what that is, right? The muscle shirt. It was a bronze muscle shirt that I'm sure you've seen in ancient Roman movies. It was muscle armor. And displayed on that armor not, was not just well-defined muscles, but all the paintings of all the glorious things that Caesar Augustus had accomplished, his great battle victories and his wonderful political alliances. And over the top of that muscle shirt, Caesar's statue also wore the paludamentum, which you know what that is, right? It's a cape. But it's a certain kind of cape that's kind of clasped here at the shoulder, not here at the neck. And only the military commanders would wear that kind of clothing. And Caesar wanted everyone to know when they looked at him that he was the supreme commander. Now that's how you make a statement, right? That's how you get everybody to pay attention. That's how you get everybody to know that you're a big deal. You wear a muscle shirt and you wear a cape. <laughs> the clothes make the man, after all. The uniform portrays glory, and you should dress to impress. Make a statement. But this little baby in Bethlehem that we have come to sing, what of his uniform? He who is the supreme commander of the holy angel battalions, what does he come into the world wearing? He who is the great emperor of heaven and earth, whose kingdom knows no end, who know, has no limits on the boundaries of his reign, when he comes into the world, what does he want people to see? Well, he comes in the garb of a helpless baby. Our Lord is the kind of Lord who wears diapers. Our Lord would have you see him tonight, not according to some great, awesome power, which he has, but robed in humility. He who is clothed, do you understand, in the eternal glory of the Father and the Holy Spirit wants you to see him this way. He is born among us as one of us. He exchanges the light of heaven for the darkness of earth. He exchanges the robe of majesty for whatever strips of linen Mary and Joseph could piece together there in Bethlehem. That first Adam stuck out his hand for something more. He ate of the tree and found shame instead of glory, but now the final Adam has come clothed in our flesh and bone clothing that he makes his own, never to take off again. He is willing to come in weakness and poverty and lowliness to raise you up to the glory of heaven. That's the story that Jesus' clothes tell. That's what his uniform displays to the whole world. Here is the true Augustus, the real emperor, the supreme commander who takes his place among us as one of us. 
He will lay aside his glory even more. He is willing to come in weakness and poverty and lowliness to raise you up. And he will do yet more gloriously humble things than lying in a manger. You know the story well, don't you? This Jesus will grow and he will lay aside his outer garments to wash the dirty feet of his disciples. He will grow and be stripped and beaten and bloodied. He will lay aside every article of clothing and hang exposed on the wood of the cross, wearing there nothing but the sins of the whole world. He will be wrapped up again, not in strips of linen, but in burial cloths, and laid not in a manger, but in a tomb for three cold days. But he will rise from there. And then the clothes will all be folded up and neatly left there in the tomb. This little babe of Bethlehem, who is wrapped in swaddling cloths at the beginning, will be clothed again in glory. Not fig leaves, not animal skins, not cloth. But he has taken our human nature on high to the right hand of the Father. That first Adam passed on the clothing of sin and rebellion. But this last Adam, your Lord Jesus, he doesn't come just to wear clothes himself. He comes also to clothe his own. Jesus would clothe you now by his Holy Spirit. Just as he came and was clothed in weakness and humility and lowliness and sin and your death, So now, he says, let me give you better clothes. Let me cover your head with the helmet of salvation. Let me tie around your waist the belt of truth. Let me place on your chest not a muscle shirt, but the breastplate of my own righteousness. And for shoes, I will give you the readiness of the gospel of peace. That first Adam made those first clothes, but our last Adam, he has made us clothes of glory. His Holy Spirit covers you now. His Spirit hides you. His Spirit protects you. His Spirit fits you. His Spirit fashions you. After all, what does Scripture say? Do you not know that all of you who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ? Jesus has worn your shame. He has worn your guilt that you may wear his glory and his innocence. Now that is a great exchange indeed. So ask yourself tonight, do the clothes really make the man? Are you dressed to impress? Well, you better believe it. Your clothing does tell you a story. You are dressed now by faith in the holy robes of salvation. Be sure that you're wearing them well. Yes, at times they will restrict you. At times they will feel odd and uncomfortable. You will not fit in with the fashion of this old world. But why would you want to wear fig leaves? Why would you want to wear the the leaves of that first Adam when the last Adam has come to give you true and lasting glory? Remember this image of your Savior wrapped up in swaddling cloths, lying in the manger. For the last Adam covers his sons and daughters in robes that they need never hide themselves in, not from one another and not even from God, our Heavenly Father. In these robes, you appear now for a little while unseen. They are all invisible. But the day is coming when what is unseen now will be revealed in glory. And in that day, you will appear before your Father, not in shame, not in guilt, not in fear. But you will stand before your Father covered, covered in the robe of Christ's righteousness. Wear it well. To him be the glory now and always. Amen.